0: welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy
1: today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Glad to have you today. We we sound a little odd. Dennis and I are on our semi-annual
0: silent retreat.
1: silent retreat but we're not silent at the moment they fussed at me earlier because we started talking last night and i kept talking this morning and couldn't stop so i got out my earbuds and put them in and started listening to music so i wouldn't talk to anybody i got brian and oscar with us today looks like we're gonna have a men's meeting guys yeah we're up in hayesville north carolina we go on a retreat with the uh, soto zen center in atlanta And when we talk about silent retreat meditation, we meditate from 6 to 8 a.m., 12, 2 to 5, 7 to 9. That's the normal schedule, nine hours a day. It varies a little bit, depending, but that's pretty much the schedule. So we did two hours Thursday night. We'll do three hours on Sunday morning. Have you had any kind of epiphanies from your time, Dennis, that you can put a finger on?
0: Yes. Every time I'm, I'm filled with energy afterwards, uh, positive energy, almost like a high, saying it in addict's term, <laughs> just, to, just, just without the substance, right? And, uh, and that's wonderful. I, I got to say, I hate sitting still for that long because my back hurts a lot, but the benefits of it is tremendous. It really is.
1: it starts with my back hurting, and I use a TENS unit on my back. To keep it from hurting so much, because some of them will talk about what's about the pain. So, if it's about the pain, we can inflict more if that's what you (laughs) need. Yeah, I think that's BS, quite honestly. Because they do everything they can not to be in pain, but yet it's about the pain. Like, nah, it can't be both. Um, Yeah. For me, it's about the thinking, it's what I think about the pain. Yeah. It's my thoughts, it's my whole. And what I try probably sometimes when you're having excessive thoughts, like you're meditating or you're whatever, and your mind's just running with you, what I learned was instead of fighting it and resisting it, it's just like everything else. Let's let's say it wants to think about what I'm going to do tomorrow or next week, or going to do in the podcast this morning. I'm like, okay, let's think about that. And it just just goes away. Once I give it permission, it leaves yeah it's amazing i had no but now they pop up a lot now that i have to do that but the longer i'm sitting there in this the less and less that's happening i discovered that on my last retreat on the sunday morning after the whole thing they've been doing that the whole time and instead of giving them permission i would say <laughs> i'd bring my attention back to the breath like we hear in meditation bring mm-hmm. it back. You're pulling it back in. Mm-hmm. I kept doing that the entire time. Okay. Cause I could go and get on some imaginary tour and I would be gone the whole time. And the bell would bell. And I'm like, for the last 20 minutes, I've been in my imagination. I haven't been. <laughs>
0: meditating,
1: <laughs> you know? And I was yeah. just fighting that the whole time. So the very last morning, the very last 30 minutes, cause we do 25 minutes on. And five minutes walking, twenty-five sitting, five minutes walking, over and over, I said, Okay, this is the last thirty minutes. I'm just gonna let it go. And so it started popping up and just so I said, Okay, let's go. Wherever you wanna go. That's it. Yeah, I said that to my mm-hmm. mind, you know, let's just go. And he did, whoop, it went away, just like that. And I huh. sat there for 30 minutes, like sitting, watching a sunset. Just sitting there, watching it for the whole Rest of the time. So, waiting until Sunday last night, I I started that process. Uh, But try that sometime if you're having issues with it.
0: I have a question for you. Okay. So, when you're meditating, you think about the podcast. And when you're doing the podcast, you're talking about meditating. That's correct. (laughs) So, what's going on in this podcast? I don't know.
1: Thank you for pushing (laughs) me on this. Is it the uh, 20th verse? Is where we're at yeah. on the doubt. Te You've never listened to us before. This is a, want to say alcohol recovery is how it started, but it's basically addiction recovery, really. We have a lot of different folks that have different addictions. We have, and most of us have multiple addictions. My sponsor says we're a bundle of addictions, and we just treat the ones that kill us, and we enjoy the ones that don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's his attitude. And we talk about the intro says mystic literature. It's mostly the Tao Te Ching. We've talked some about other Taoist texts. We're not Taoists. And I promise you, if you're a Christian, you don't have to turn in your Jesus card to listen and benefit from this. Uh, Taoist thought is the thought about one God, one all. Because. These were ancient teachings 2,500 years ago. Think about that. We think of ancient teachings as being 2,500 years ago, but when these were written down, they were already ancient teachings. They think that what we're talking about today in the Tao Te Ching predates written text. They believe that it was passed down around the campfire for centuries and centuries, thousands, maybe thousands of years before there there was any text because the Tao Te Ching, T-A-O-T-E-C-H-I-N-G, if we were in the East, let's say we we're in China, the way in, in the U.S. and in the, I don't know about Europe, but I know in the U.S. almost everyone has a Bible in their house, especially people from here, not people from <laughs> Denmark, like Dennis over here, but people from the U.S. Do you have a Bible in your house? I have here, but not okay. in Denmark. Have one here. He, yeah. Even a Dane here has a Bible in his house. Okay. It's a red letter edition, buddy. Red letter, too. It's got to be. Even genuine leather. <laughs> this is the thing. If we were in China, we would be familiar with the Tao Te Ching, like here people are familiar with the Bibles. The Dao Te Ching is the second most published manuscript in the world behind the Bible. So that's how popular it is. And it means Dao, Dei, Ching, Dao is a path. Qing is book. Day is virtue. So it's the book of the path of virtue. So basically, all these teachings tell us that for us to participate with this ever evolving, ever growing, ever expanding, God of the universe, whatever name you want to put on what you think of as existence. The way to participate in that is through compassion and virtue. If if you're a 12-stepper and you want to know the resentment verse, it's 79. Just like the resentment page in the big books, 552. Same deal. It says that one of the translations, and you've got hundreds of translations, too, to choose from. One of them says that the, the Tao does not take sides, but it's always on the side of the one who forgives. Always. That sounds so much like the Lord's Prayer, doesn't it? So it can take sides. No, it doesn't. You said it's always on the side of the one that forgives. It's already, it's on the side of the one. You've taken the side of forgiveness. Yeah. And it was there waiting on you. <laughs> oh, so it's
0: already there. It's
1: already there. Yes. <laughs> it didn't change. Um, but the, like the the man and wife riding in the, the old truck, she's way over against the window. And he's driving and she says, whatever happened to us, we used to be so loving and all. And he says, I haven't moved. <laughs> he's still there, right? She yeah. one not moved. Same kind of deal with us. Virtue, yeah. love, compassion hasn't moved. Hasn't moved at all. It's still right there for us, waiting on us. Actually, and the the interesting thing is, we don't have to believe to make that change. We take action, whether we believe that action will work or not, it has nothing to do with what we believe. I think that's the real gift. Yeah. That's the real gift is that we don't have to believe it's not based on how good we are. It's really not. You could be Hitler himself, or you could be the meanest man in the world, and you start loving people and you'll start feeling better. And eventually, I believe your actions would change because you know those actions don't benefit you anymore. Because most of what we do that's negative, we're doing out of fear anyway. We're doing it because we're afraid. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, that's so simple.
2: Hey, buddy, I'll be glad to start off reading the Dao uh, De Ching in clear English. Thank you. <laughs> Verse 20, it says, Renounce learning, avoid suffering. How far apart are yes and yeah. How similar are good and evil. Should we fear what others fear? It's been like this since ancient times. It never ends. Crowds of people are excited, as if going to the sacrifice feast, as if climbing terraces in the spring. I alone am still and give no sign, like a newborn infant, not yet a child, so tired with nowhere to return to. Everyone has more than they need, but I have nothing so confused. Ah, I have the heart of a fool. Common people see clearly. I alone am dazed. Common people look sharply. I alone am simple. They are boundless like the sea and endless like the wind. Everyone is shrewd. I alone am clumsy. I alone am different from the people because I value the mother of all. Uh Uh-oh. I guess Buddy's in the zone.
3: Yeah. <laughs> or Easy by the Dogs.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Easy by the Dogs.
2: Yeah. Do, do you have another version of it?
3: Yeah, I have. Is the recording continuing?
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Okay. Okay, then I read a version of Jonathan Stark. Okay. The difference between a formal yes... And casual, yeah, how slight. The difference between knowing the truth and not knowing it, how great. Must I fear what others fear? Should I fear desolation when there is abundance? Should I fear darkness when that light is shining everywhere? Nonsense. The people of this world are steeped in their merrymaking, as if gorging. At a great feast or watching the sights of springtime. Yet here I sit without a sign, st- staring blank eyed like a child. I am but a guest in this world, while others rush about to get things done. I accept what is offered. Oh, my mind is like that of an old fool, aloof of the clamor of life around me. Everyone seems so bright and alive. With the sharp distinctions of day, I appear dark and dull, with the blending of differences by night. I am drifting like an ocean, floating like the high winds. Everyone is so rooted in this world, yet I have no place to rest my head. Indeed, I am different. I have no treasure but the Eternal Mother. I have no food but what comes from her breast.
1: Thank you, Oscar. Any comments at this point, guys? Is he being a, what would you call this satirical? You know, I alone him drifting. I like it's a woe is me almost sound, isn't it?
3: Yeah, that I recognize that too, and I think it's the only first where he's really uh, feeling alienated, yeah. which I recognize very much. Though he connects it to. Uh, his connection with something mystical yes but I, I recognize the the feeling of being alienated very much and looking at the world and thinking okay what's going on here everybody's having fun and doing as if everything is normal and who should i ask what's going on here or what is wrong here uh, no i better don't ask anybody because I don't want them to know that I don't understand anything of it. And then I get more and more isolated and alienated and found uh, for a long time a relief in uh, all kind of substances.
2: Yes. That outside looking
1: in. Yes. Yeah. I'll read Stephen Mitchell for us. Come on. Come on. All right. And end your problems. Is it that simple? What difference between yes and no? It's amazing that this is starting with what we were talking about meditation, right? Stop thinking and end your problems. What difference between yes and no? What difference between success and failure? Must you value what others value? Avoid? What others avoid? How ridiculous. Other people are excited as though they were at a parade. I alone don't care. I I alone am expressionless, like an infant before it can smile. He didn't say like a sad old man. He said like an infant before it could smile. That's a total different expressionless, isn't it? Other people have what they need. I alone possess nothing. I I wish he would have said, Other people have what they want. He said, I alone possess nothing. I alone drift about. Something without a home, like someone without a home. I'm like an idiot. My mind is so empty. Other people are bright. I alone am dark. Other people are sharper. I alone am dull. Other people have a purpose. I alone don't know. I drift like a wave on the ocean. I blow as aimless as the sea. I am different from ordinary people. I drink from the great mother's breast. I think he's probably talking about others' attitude toward him or how he could be viewed by
3: other people. And still, it's remarkable that he writes... He creates a distinction between them and me, or us and them. It's all the whole book is all about the unity, and we are one. And the silence he describes is also in these other people. Only and, and they make all this mess with their heads. And here in this verse, he really says, "Okay, they are doing it this way, and I am doing it the way I'm the way of silence, and they are the." way of uh, noise it's very remarkable i think the words that left out at me in the uh jonathan
1: star was i am but a guest in this world while others rush about to get things done i accept what is offered oh my mind is like that of a fool aloof and clant and the clamor of life all around me i just accept what's offered that's much different than the hustle and bustle to make it happen. Hmm. I had a friend Hello, of mine Wu that do what Brian said. That's Wu Wei. It is yes. I accept what is offered. I am but a guest in this world. Jesus said in one of the Gnostic Gospels to be a passerby, to just let it all pass by. And then I think that was the book of Thomas. And then there was another one where he was asked how to have peace. I think it was one of the Phillips books. And he said, abandon the works that do not follow into eternal life. Anything that's not going to follow you, abandon it. I was thinking, how many things during my day, how many moments are caught up in the things that are not going to follow me? I said, but I've got to do those things. I must do all of that. Uh, Not all of it. Some of it, yes. I got to make a living. I got to do, I think I do. I see what happens when, uh, but but what I, when I don't. But the thing is this, I can accept what's offered. That's, it's a big difference between accepting what is offered and the hustle that we get into because it's always being offered. I think we just don't realize it. We don't see it.
2: you made the comment, I've got to make a living. That's the question I'm asking myself is how much of a living Yes, I need to make.
1: Yes. I remember uh, this was back when I had a real estate office. I had a secretary and had a bunch of uh, folks, uh, a bunch of interactions, a lot going on. And there was a man in AA. You went over and helped Jim some, Dennis, as a matter of fact. Oh,
0: yes. Old uh, Jim. Jim B. Yeah, yeah big Jim.
1: And he, he was put in a nursing home and he didn't have family here. So I found myself, and it was about a 20, 30 minute, 20 minute drive for me at the time. I found myself going to the nursing home every Friday, most Fridays, and picking picking up what little bit of food that had a little refrigerator in his room. And he had some, he used to, he was actually, he was a stockbroker and lived a high life in Chicago for years. Years and years and years, and he still liked some things that were. He wouldn't blow his nose off a roll of toilet paper. It would have to be Kleenex. Stuff like some things like that, he still carried over. And we'd pick him up some things, and he'd have the things he liked. And then when he got a little better, I'd take him out to lunch and maybe go to uh, go to a meeting. I'd take him to a meeting. I don't ever recall. Losing money taking those hours on Friday to go blocking that time out. I never recall losing money doing that. Also, when my son was little, I had a Jeep Wrangler, and we lived in Georgia. We would drive out to the southwest, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and East southeastern California. And we'd four-wheel for a week at a time starting when he was in the second grade. We'd do this in September most of the time. He'd take a week off of school. Did it every year. We did like over 100 miles of the uh, Jedediah, was it Jedediah Smith, the wagon trail in the Southern California. We did 100 miles of the original trail. We'd done all kinds of things. We'd stop and climb a bluff. We'd go here. It was just incredible, the stuff we saw. I could go on and on. And... When I would get back off a week, and at that time, I had over 30 um, agents in my office. And I had one of the biggest agencies in the town that I was in. And money was just give and take. Sometimes it was good. Sometimes I was borrowing just to pay bills. It was back and forth. Um, Every time I left, I had more money in the bank when I came home. Every time. (laughs) I thought my secretary, maybe we should I should just me and Mac should just move out there. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Just as a joke. Because every time I left, I'm like, what happened? How did I get this much money in the bank? And so Was it because you weren't there to sign checks? (laughs) No, it was something would close that we weren't expecting or some agent would sell something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. But it would just happen.
0: I was actually hoping you were gonna say that you were not there to be in the way of yourself. That's
1: exactly what it was, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I was doing what was in front of me to do, right? And it, it, yeah. that was some of those things that would follow me. All those trips with my son follow me. Those are the memories I I hold most dear. Yeah. I don't regret one of those trips. Not one. But uh, what else do you guys see in this? Should he? I really like the way that. Stephen Mitchell starts, it with stop in, stop thinking and end your problems. I think he's putting the background for this whole verse with that statement. He says, you stop thinking and end your problems. Here, we're going to talk about the problems everyone else has because they think. Mm-hmm. I, was, then,
2: yeah, uh, what? I, I was looking at the Derek Lynn. I like his commentary. It, it, It's talking about the, you know, what you were referring to. It says excessive desires in turn lead to anxiety and misery.
1: Doesn't say that we don't have desires. We just don't have excessive ones, right? Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. After he says to stop thinking, he addresses the first thing that we think about. Making a yes or no decision about something. Mm -hmm. Or... A success or failure decision, a good or bad, let's say. That's what, because it's what's the difference between yes and no? What different, what's the difference between success and failure? There's another quote. What it's saying is, I can't say it verbatim, but success, failures found in success and success is found in failure. Mm. That they're, it's like everything else we're learning. It's not two different things. It's two sides of the same coin the quarter which is tails it's on the quarter i just want the tails no you got to take the whole quarter yeah <laughs> the heads and the tails right yeah yeah you want a quarter it doesn't matter if you call heads or tail call it heads or call it tails you've got the quarter it's the whole yeah. thing i think they said that out of an extreme i want to say success with air quotes that a high percentage of the
0: oh.
1: um, lottery winners uh, are fa- are bankrupt within five years or broke within five years. It's eighty like mm-hmm. something percent. I, it was some incredibly high number that I heard. That was just unbelievable. I'm like what? Yeah, but I understand why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand Yeah, why. I, I, I ran across a
2: uh, an illustration of the yin and yang. And it was talking about, it said, this is the good, and this is the bad and the good. This is the bad. This is the good and the bad. Yeah. And then it, it, it went to- on even further,
0: but it, it really. Which leads us to everything that we're talking about here and what these cats are practicing here is exactly right here, right now. Nothing beyond, right? Yeah. You can go into that with it. And I think it's so beautiful. And if Tao resist like that, I think. What I really got out of this, it reminds me of. Reminds me of this since we are up here. I think it's a Buddhist story, just to put a to put a some kind of name on it. That means I'm I'm drifting away. Already catch me back in if you can.
1: No, it's all the same, Dennis. So it yeah. doesn't matter.
0: So it doesn't matter. But it is, and it reminds me of this. And I, of course, I can not remember it because I used to smoke a lot of weed. So bear with me. Uh, it it is basically that there is these guys that has been practicing whatever this is and they call them the surfers in between life and death and I especially got that out of, of, of the last one I'm only a guest of this world and I can observe and I can see my human behaviors uh, but I'm not attached to anything so I'm just here to learn and observe and they are aware that they're just here for a while and and then of course by death you're not so they call them the surface between life and death and that's what i got out of of most of this from the struggle with the mind and do i have to fear what other people are fearing Uh, do i have to go into that and do i have to take sides with light and darkness or am i just a guest of this world can i just observe what i what, what is going on around us uh, and not get attached to get my will pushed through, or or get my needs covered, or whatever it is, right? So that is, it is so beautiful. And this is the first time I really, I, I find Jonas, Jonathan Starr to be a little bit more poetic than than uh, Stephen Mitchell. Stephen Mitchell goes straight to the point. Sometimes I think, right? <laughs> they got him bass actor today. Didn't they? Where, where he's a little bit more uh, poetic. So I, I love that I didn't start with with Stephen Mitchell this time. This was good. Thank you, buddy.
1: If you're a guest, think about this a minute. If I'm a guest in someone's house, do I go in and redecorate? Do I go in and if I like a, a painting on the wall, do I take it with me? No. <laughs> I might enjoy looking at it, but I, I use what's there to use. But I don't take ownership of any of it. That's the last thing I would do is take ownership or act as an owner. And if another guest came in and said, oh, you did such a good job in this room. Oh, I'm just a guest here, too. You'd not take any credit for anything that was there. It's interesting how there's very little things in my life that I really treat my life as a guest when really I'm to treat all of life like a guest.
3: Oscar. Yeah, being a guest reminds me of a sign I saw in Australia. I think in a, a piece of nature, and it said, "Leave nothing, take nothing, but photographs, and leave nothing but footprints." And that's a very nice way of being a guest. So you don't make a mess. If if we are, if we as human beings are guests in this world. We are incredibly misbehaving and incredibly ugly things. We are guests in a beautiful house and we destroy it. (laughs) It's very weird when you look at it this simple. I am but a guest in this world. It's really nice. And what I also read in these sentences, I am but a guest in this world, while this Russian is kind of two sides of myself. When I was in my addiction, I really rushed about getting things done in either way or work or drugs or women or all all the time I was this man rushing about to get things done. And since I'm in recovery, I slowly realize more and more that I am but a guest in this world and it's and it brings peace and it brings acceptance. And then you have, oh, my mind is like that of a fool. Of course, there's always still, there is always still the mind and it it always will be like a fool. It, it won't stop. Uh, uh, even if you are a guest in this world. Yeah, really nice. Thank you.
1: He talks about the ocean there too, Oscar, that the, um, first of all, that he's aimless. As if it's a bad thing to be aimless. I don't know. I I think there comes a level of aimlessness. I guess that's a word. With following this path, when we learn to just accept what's in front of us and stand on what's already moving, just be open to what's in the moment, doesn't mean we don't plan, but there's a lot less strategy than there used to be. That's for sure. Doesn't mean I don't plan things, but I know those plans change and I don't um, have as much expectation attached to those things as I used to. Now, think about this one, too. He's challenging our value, too. I'm bouncing back to the Stephen Mitchell. Must we value what others value or avoid what others avoid? Mm. I guess the question we could ask is, how much does my life look like everyone else's? Has my life changed? And if it hasn't changed, at least within you that you can see a change of your attitude versus what it used to be, or your attitude versus other people in your business or your friends or family, that kind of thing. Then there may be another level of uh, surrender and acceptance that, you may be able to live in, that you're missing. Like someone asked me, where, where are you going to move? I said, I don't know. Aren't you got plans? Why don't you do this? You, you've got some rental houses here. You can move over there. I said, yeah, I could. I said, I'll move when I know where I need to move to. Now yeah. I wish that would happen. Hasn't <laughs> yet, yeah. But that's, that is a Taoist attitude toward it. Not that I've got to make it happen. I had a business idea before COVID that I got together and almost ready to actually ready to launch out before COVID. But I needed needed the perfect salesperson to do this with me. So I said, I'm just gonna set this on the shelf till someone comes along. It cost me several hundred dollars a month to maintain. But I've set it on the shelf since pre-COVID, so four years. Guess what? This last month, the right person came along to help me. We're launching it in November. Could I have pushed and maybe made that happen? Yeah, I probably could have. Could I sit back and wait? The money was always there to pay what I needed to maintain everything. There was a lot of work done to to get that done, a lot of programming and different things. I won't go into detail, but suffice to say, I've got 15, 20 grand probably by now tied up in the thing. And, and I'm not independently wealthy. And my ex-wife just couldn't understand why I just didn't go do it. I said, "Honey, I said I need this is a bigger than me, and I need the right people. Where are you going to find?" I said, "They'll come along when it's time." You just can't look at things. I said, "Listen, <laughs> just relax." But that's—I think that may be what this is talking about. I don't
3: know, Oscar. I also recognize this this topic about desire and the what I see around me is that it's incredibly important what you desire it's uh, as if it's your identity you find your identity or somebody else's identity or people try to look for your identity by asking what are your ambitions what is your bucket list what do you want? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to get? Where do you fight for? What are you gonna to do tomorrow? It's all Where do you it.
1: see yourself in five years, Oscar? Where do you see yourself in five years? It's what a, are you doing to get there?
3: <laughs> it's an amazing question. It's really it's a really question And 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 because this we all do this together, it, it's normal to cultivate the desire, but While cultivating the desire, we definitely also cultivate fear because they cannot, they are the same quarter or the same coin with the two sides fear and desire. If you have a desire, you automatically have fear to lose it or to not get it, or your bucket list, you only get five of ten items. So we cultivate fear altogether instead of just love for what is unfolding in front of us today.
0: That that is so good, Oscar. I don't
3: know, am I interrupting you? No, go
0: ahead. I didn't want to interrupt. I really, both with that and with the whole metaphor you were using about being a guest of this world, it reminds me that, and that's still the internal struggle, though, that I have to leave the, the, the smallest footstep in this world. Not a big one. And, and it's so funny because I think the the human ego is raised, that we, we're growing into, that we want to make this big impact in this world. But really what we need to do is, is make the smallest footstep when we're here and, and, and take nothing with us when we leave. We aren't taking anything with us when we're leaving. There's that part of it. And what else? I think I lost my track of mind here. He who
1: dies with the most toys. Dies. It still dies. Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> there was something else that I want to say. The body was saying well, what you just were what you were touching on, uh, with the desires and fears. That's true because desires is in the future. When I, as soon as my mind goes into the future, there's fears involved with it. What do I want? Do I get it? Do I get what I want out there? And, and what's going to happen if I take this action here? What's going to, and I project it into the future. What do I get out of it? Fears are involved with that. That was so good. I really that really resonated with me. And the last thing I think Body said I think it was you, it was even you, win that said that you can see you can observe your mind and what you spend money on and what do you think of all the time. It's very important. Those things what consumes your mind and what you spend money on. And you can see what direction you're going in.
1: <laughs> yeah. What's well, important to you. Right. And there's an actual Bible with that for where your treasure is there. Is your heart also. So you can take your checking account and look at how you spent your money for the last month. And it will tell you what's important to you. You don't have to think about it. You just look at it. You Spent money on. And then you can do the same thing with your time. Where did I spend my time? Oh, shit. That's more important to me than I, than I wanted <laughs> to be. Um, well, that
0: was it. Yeah.
1: Time and money. Yeah. Both those will tell you that. There's, there, there's one thought in this I really want us to look at, too. Let's see. Is it, is oh, I was looking at the wrong translation. Other people are excited as though they were at a parade. I alone don't care. I alone seem expressionless, like an infant before it can smile. Is an infant before it can smile sad, but yet it's not smiling? When you think that infant's sad? No. But he's comparing the man of doubt to that infant, not to something sad. How that's incredible that what an incredible thought, because I think the infant at that point before it's learned to smile, it hasn't learned what to cry or smile about. It's back to that fear that we learn and we pacify with our actions as we grow up and we cry because we don't have something we want. We smile because we have something we want. And being that childlike dependency that we talk about the pendulum sometimes, the back and forth and that we can get above it. I think that pre-smile infant is above the pendulum, is a description of being there. Nothing makes the infant sad or happy. There is no yes or no. Brian. Yeah, the uh, Derek Land
2: says. How desolate, how limited, limitless it is. The people are excited as if enjoying a great feast, as if climbing up to the terrace in spring. I alone am quiet and uninvolved, like an infant not yet smiling. And it says the infant is used to represent the pureness of our original nature. In that state of grace, we see life as a marvel and look up on everything with a sense of wonder.
0: Yes. Good description, and yeah. that's also why we are so attracted to infants and to small babies. We see that wonder in their eyes, right? And they have no yeah. opinions on, on nothing. Not, that is not the ego has not settled yet. Yeah,
2: <laughs> can't yet yeah.
0: see evil. can yet see the evil or the good, right? It's uh, yeah, yeah. The ego has not settled yet, and <laughs> poor Yeah, yeah,
2: and that's also the difference between maybe the difference between desire and wonder.
1: Yeah.
2: Desire would be coming at it from a place of, I need this to prove that I'm okay.
1: Need or want, right?
2: Yeah, need or want to fill that hole.
1: One of my affirmations is, I have everything I need. I want for nothing that I do not have. Yeah. Oscar. Oscar.
3: Yeah, because of the baby, I was thinking, and the joy you have when you see a baby and you see this innocence and this purity. And he describes this from a an adult perspective. We can assume probably, and I think also from experience, we still have this innocence inside us somewhere where it's inside us. So that's the timeless kind of timeless dimension because we had it all the time. It can't be. It can't be anything but timeless. It doesn't grow with our age or something. It's not something that that is getting older with me, or it has no judgment. It is nothing. It's just consciousness or awareness or innocence or love or or the Tao. I don't know. You 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 probably can put all kind of names on it, but timelessness is so. So uh, for me it explains so much that I look at this world when I look at this world now I there's not much difference than when I looked at the world 30 years ago my thoughts changed my appearance changed the world changed but something in me still is the same I experience as the same and it doesn't matter if I remember 10 year 10 years old 30 years old or now and at I think that is this innocence, and in meditation, you can sense that, or or, or feel that, or live inside it, or something, and, and it's really peaceful. Thanks.
1: I think the second step, Oscar, yeah. came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, restore us back to that pre-smile child right beautiful mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, it does seem I remember early recovery there's some aimlessness to it because you're navigating all these new waters and your priorities are changing and and it does seem for a while that everybody else keeps running and you slow down almost like to a stop really. That, that was the way it seemed for me. I, I don't know if it seemed that way to you guys. And they didn't understand it. They didn't know what you were doing or what was going on. You, I felt very disconnected from everyone else in my community, in in my life, all my family, everyone. I just felt, I felt like he was explaining that poor pitiful me, I'm all alone. What am I going to do?
0: That's interesting because I, I have the same. I, I see it a lot in my spouse. Bernie and she's still a go-getter right and my wife she gets up at sometimes 4 30 in the morning to take care of her eBay business before she go to school she's a teacher especially a special ed teacher which means she's doing very well with me since she's a special ed teacher <laughs> but it was frustrating to see me see her still actually suffering and I still see it like that once in a while because she's always Projecting, always looking at her numbers and, and all that, and I, I had to let that go and say, that's her, and and it's okay that she's there too, and that is really hard when you see somebody that you love and respect are still on the path that that I was before. Where it's always projecting, always, and Oscar was saying earlier that I was always in such a hurry, and I still catch myself in it sometimes that I want to be in the project. Before I finish up what I'm doing right now, I still catch myself in it sometimes instead of just enjoying what I'm doing and what's right in front of me. Then I can find some joy. Right? I'm talking to you guys and I'm taking a sip of my coffee while I'm shutting up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that, that reminds me of uh, an interaction I had with my wife yesterday. I had a job that I quoted for a customer and there were six parts that they needed. And Originally, they said, we need one by, it needs to ship by Friday, this upcoming Friday and a week from yesterday. And I really, I thought about it and I thought, if I get an answer today, I can make it happen. And then the other five will come the next week. And, and so anyway, they came back to me and they said, we made a mistake. We need all six of them by next Friday. And I knew that it would require working day and night and what it would put me through emotionally, knowing that if one thing went wrong, things that were outside of my control, I was going to be up a creek without a paddle. And, and so anyway, I told my wife, I come in and I said, that job fell through. They needed everything in what a week. And she said, could you not just do it? And I said, Yeah, I could, but here's where I'm at. I would have to give up all of my recovery for a week. I would have to work all weekend. And then if any little thing happened, UPS was a day late. Just anything. I'm screwed. And and she didn't fuss at me about it, but I I could tell that, that we were on two different, we were in two different places with it. And her surrender's not there yet. I'm working on her a little at a time. She's hard-headed.
1: <laughs> well, this is the thing, Brian, with that. When you're working and, and it goes for relationships and for both business and personal. Yeah. Folks are not going to see things the way, same way that we do. And not just in these things, but in anything that there's, disagreement like that mm-hmm. I try to be understanding what I try to do in those situations is first I try to be understanding that they're doing the best they can where they're at mm-hmm. they don't see the the whole picture nor do I see the whole picture even though I think I do and secondly I make sure that they really understand like what you did really understand why i think what i think not just say well it's this way like i used to would have done yeah shut it up and let's move forward <laughs> yeah i'm right and this way it is that kind yeah. of thing yeah.
2: yeah i i even explained to my wife later i said part of it was the the availability of materials Yeah. i've got one vendor that's in atlanta that i could get this material and I could have it in hand Monday. But the problem was the size that I needed that they had, they only had one piece. And so I was going to have to go to a larger size, increase the cost to get that. But it just, it felt uphill.
1: (laughs) It's great that you're able to now to start noticing those things that you didn't. Almost. And some of that, I remember that uncomfortableness. I actually thrived on. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Just that whole excitement involved with the whole thing. Yeah. I don't want that anymore. I don't want that anymore. My my dad he
2: was an alcoholic and rageaholic, and I can remember him just being so angry, and he would say, the harder it is, the better I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I grew up with. It was just like, man, if it was not going Brian's way, I was going to freaking dig in and fight. And nine times out of ten, it it didn't work out.
1: I alone don't know. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. When we look at that, you would think that's bad. That's good, yes. He started the whole verse out with stop thinking and then your problems. How can you think and know? You can not thinking. No, uh, I drift like a wave on the ocean. The others say I drift on the wave, hmm. or like drifting on a wave of the ocean. I gotta go get a shower and all that stuff. Oh, you're, you're going to go on and we're me- missing the meditation.
0: Awkward. Yeah, I know. But I got to get something up. I want to take a shower before I get up. Oh,
1: time. okay. Yeah, you better.
0: Man, those showers are clean. Thank mm-hmm. you, guys. I got to get going. Yeah, we'll please see you, Dennis. Awkward. Yeah, awkward. Yeah.
1: We have one shower here for 12, 12 people. Yeah,
0: 11
1: people. Yeah, 11 people. So, yeah, yeah. please do that, Dennis.
2: <laughs> I know we're running long. I was just I was wanted to see what Wayne Dyer had. I'm good if his, you guys are. Yeah, yeah. His title, I'll just share this. His title is Living Without Striving. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And that really is what this is about. This is describing a life free of striving. And he says that I drew. He's saying it as if all this is a negative thing. And then he ends it with the most powerful statement. He says, I'm different from ordinary people. And you think he's going to have more. Poor mountain, of how I'm listening. He says, no, he says, I drink from the great mother's breast. I mean, I am tapped into the source. The way Jonathan Starr says that, he says, I have no treasure but the eternal mother. I have no food but what comes from her breast. Man, that's so powerful. There's other food and there's other treasure but I choose this.
2: Man, that's a deep state of surrender Uh, and acceptance.
1: And I see the people pleasing here too. Yeah. He is not all that he's talking about as far as the things there. That's all the things that all the concern of others, opinions of me. I still go ahead. Yeah. I know what
2: I was going to share was this job. I, I went back to my customer and this customer, they're essentially a middleman. And, and I went back to them and, and my guy, and I said, man, this is, this is where I'm at. This is a situation I'm going to have to back out. And he said, I understand it. And then he told me, he said, I always appreciate you communicating with me and not, not getting back to me for two or three days. And then I'm left to deal with this. And he said, this may not work out for us they may go with somebody else. But he said, I always appreciate you doing that. And I just told him, I said, man, that's, I'm going to treat you the way I'd want to be treated. And I, I'm going to call you immediately and say, Hey, these are the circumstances and this really changes the game. And So I felt really clean about it.
1: That's so different. That attitude, that is the aimless attitude. Mm-hmm. Really. When you think about it, it's mm-hmm. free of, uh, Self-deceit, free of selfish interest, self-interest, those things. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Even though he has no place to rest his head, indeed, I am different. A lot of people pleasing there, too, that he's let go of. Huh. I'm a guest. I accept what's offered. No treasure but the Tao. No food but from the Tao.